<laughs> you know, I shoot from the hip. You know, I shoot from the hip, and then I take aim. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Does I've, that sound good? Sound okay? Yeah, yeah. You sound good, man. It's a little. Just making sure. Yeah, no, now you're real clear. Oh, this is good. That's because I, I just changed to the Yeti. Somehow, I was defaulting to this silly headset, so I just changed to the Yeti. So now you're really prepared. All right, nice. there we go. I don't think I've ever had anyone, um, anyone actually come prepared. With oh, with the right with the right microphone, people don't even know who what's going on here. Yeah. By the, by the way, everyone listening, I already hit record on this. Uh, welcome everyone back to dissecting popular IT nerds. Uh, today we are talking with Andre Green. I like that you put father on your profile. I used to put professional diaper changer. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> uh, I have eight kids, and then but then I really just refused to I once the older kids started to change diapers I just stopped doing that so I can't really put that on there anymore but um welcome to the show man it's nice to have you and well, thanks for having me you you have more motivational uh sayings than most IT directors have on their profile which again is a is a plus um do something to say that your future self will thank you for I always tell my kids um hate me now Thank me later. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I'm hoping that that's going to pay off. In the, I'm hoping that's going to pay off in the future. But, um, you know, talk to me, your IT manager, uh, Luminous Health. Uh, just, you know, maybe just tell me real quick, you know, kind of what's your day job? You know, how many end users do you kind of like overlook that sort of, th- that sort of thing? Yeah, so so um, I'm at Luminous Health here in Maryland, and I've been here for uh, two years now. Um, Luminous Health is a health system uh, of, that comprises of two two hospitals. We have about ten thousand end users um, on my IT support team directly. We have about uh, close to forty support staff. Uh, you know, we take care of your tier one, tier two support, also um, AB support. Got a small technical PMO, and then we do some tier two application support. So. What about those things that the nurses wheel around, like the the nursing stations where they come uh, to my room and wheel us around? You, you support those at all? Yep, the wiles. Yep, they call wiles. Uh, they used to call them cows, but that's not allowed anymore. So we can't. Yeah. Call, what cows? <laughs> yeah. So uh, they were called cows back in the day, but uh, you know they banned that because uh, someone thought they were calling a nurse a cow. So. <laughs> that could, I can see how that would, backfire. I can see how that would backfire. The, uh, the hospital environment though is very interesting. You know, I'm surprised that they had, you know, some HR, maybe, maybe they're getting better with HR in the hospital now, but I grow, I come up from, I come from a family of doctors. My father is urologist. Yeah. Let's see. My, my grandfather was pediatrician. My uncle was ophthalmologist. I think even my great grandfather had something to do with medical, but my grandfather was born in 1900. <clears throat> and then, uh, um. Yeah. Let's see. My sister's an RN. Her husband's an anesthesiologist. Oh, wow. So I grew up in that environment and saw the kind of like interesting political pecking order that goes on in the hospital, Ooh. which is interesting yeah. that there would be, you know, like, hey, we can't call the whatever the real <laughs> name is. I'm going to call them cows. Yeah. I'm going to call them cows for now. Is this like a well-known term? Does everyone know that? Is this like around the... Like, yeah, yeah, it's a... It's pretty well known, you know, on workstation on wheels, you know, like I said, it used to be called cows, now they're wilds. Um, some people call them carts. I don't really like cart because cart doesn't really speak to what it is, you know, so. No, it's lame. 
The, just out of curiosity, just because I like to go off topic, not that we're even on a topic yet, but how do those things work? Is it all wireless network? How do we make sure that those things, batteries are charged? When I look at them, I just start to, I start to think of all the IT problems. And when I look at them, there's almost Ooh. always one in the corner of the room that was like ghosted. Right. Yes. I see a lot of them just kind of like abandoned, abandoned cows, so to speak. Just, um, and one time I, I saw, I saw one in the room and I was like, you know, what's going on with this? And nurse rolled her eyes and she's like, oh, that's the new system that, you know, clearly did not get implemented. Right. And was just sitting like a, you know, just a, like a dead cow in the corner of the room. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> So anyways, break this down. How do you, how do you manage those? Are they, are, do we have those, do we have like a GPS coordinate and where those are at all times? Do we, you know, track all of these via some kind of like IP addressing system? I'm just curious. Yeah. So most places I'm trying to think when I was at uh, Hopkins, I don't think we really had any tracking in place, but uh, at my current job, Luminous Health, we actually use um, RFID tags uh, called Versus. Uh -huh. um, that's how we can kind of track them. And we have like beacons placed across the hospital. So you can log in and kind of see their last location, whether it was near like room 455 or whatever. Uh -huh. So that's kind of how we track them. Uh, the problem we have with them is that uh, in my current current role, uh, these things haven't been replaced in like 10 years. Uh, so you're right. You'll, you'll frequently go to areas and see one just stuck in a corner uh, because it's not working because the battery's dead. You know, uh, so that's, that's pretty common. But yeah, um, using something like Versus uh, does help because you can actually track them through a system. Okay. And the, do these things break down a lot? Yeah. So um, if you get the, you know, the more, you know, your five, six, five, six thousand dollar ones, the more high end, they have a lot of mechanical parts, you know, it, mm -hmm. you know, you got a motor, you know, hit a button to lift them and hit a button, you know, for them to go down. So a lot of times uh, that stuff does go bad. Um, and some of the old school ones don't have any power at all. You know, you know, you basically can just take a laptop and sit on a cart and push it around. Uh, some of the docks like those, cause those are more lightweight. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, they have a lithium ion battery. So the batteries at some point die too. We have people spill coffee on them, all mm. types of fun stuff. Coffee's good. <laughs> yeah. The, the, um, you kind of grew up at Johns Hopkins, looks like, uh, quite a, yeah. quite a, uh, you know, kind of evolved somewhat quickly there. What's, what was, how'd you get into, first of all, how'd you get into this technology thing? Like, how'd you end up, so, uh, yeah. you know, did you go to school for this or did you think you were going to be in IT or did you kind of just happen to fall into it like most people or, you know, what happened? Um, I think I kind of happened to fall into it. I'll say I definitely kicked the door down. Um, I, I've always liked technology. Uh, my first PC was an IBM, um, what, what was it? The um, Aptiva? Probably, probably back in like 1998, 99. Uh, so once I got uh, my IBM uh, from my uncle who works at IBM and worked there pretty much his whole career, mm -hmm. I really uh, kind of fell in love with it and really wanted to go further with it. So uh, I got into Hopkins in 2002, started off in medical records. And uh, kind of from there, uh, the way I kind of really wanted to get in IT, I did end up going to school, you know, get my associate's degree and everything mm -hmm. um, eventually. But the way I got in IT is I, I actually remember being an, you know, an end user, right? And um, remembering how long it took the IT guy to come and some of the more <laughs> easy issues like 
fixing a you know dot matrix printer that was you know um, out of alignment, uh-huh. th- you know things like that. Uh, I, I realized you know I I can do this, so I figured out how to you know do little basic fixes in the office instead of waiting for the IT guy to come like five days later. Yeah. Um, and I said, you know what, maybe I can do this. So I kept applying. I remember I want to say from sounds like he had a good strategy. He had, he had a good oh, strategy oh. there. You know, maybe if I just yeah. ignore this, people will learn. <laughs> That's like the new the new training program for the end users ignore them anyways yeah yeah man (laughs) yeah man i kept so 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 i kept probably from 2005 to up to 2006 or so i kept applying never could get an it so um i eventually moved into doing like you know registration checking people in when they came in for the doctor's appointments Mm. then i moved into billing uh so I know, I know a lot about uh, medical billing. So I know all about like CPT code, diagnosis codes. I'm sorry. You know, so, so I know how to, you know, so I know how to link all that stuff together, make all that stuff work so that, uh, mm. you know, you know, providers get paid, the hospitals get paid. So, so I, I, I thought I was going that way in my career, but realized it wasn't going to, you know, pay, you know, exactly what I wanted to get paid. So what I did was uh, I got friendly with the IT guy and I, I kept pinging him like, like, hey, hey. Hey, buddy, how do I get up there? And then eventually, um, yeah, I kept applying. And eventually, um, when I was at Johns Hopkins uh, on a university campus at a, a building called Wyman Park, I was working over there. Eventually, I actually got a meeting with the IT director. Her name was, uh, her name was Kathy Zager. Mm-hmm. I got a meeting with her. And I will say that's how I got into IT. She, she literally, I sat down and we talked. I told her, you know, exactly, exactly what my aspirations were. I wanted to be, you know, career tech you know, I'm IT professional and how do I get in here? And what ended up happening, believe it or not, was um, her and my boss at the time, who was uh, Denise Samson, she was a manager in billing. They kind of um, made an agreement and said, okay, let's have Andre come up here and work for, you know, a few, you know, a few hours a day, you know, uh, throughout the week, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I was doing basic things like, you know, productivity for the, for the help desk system that they're using at the time, you know, I'm running like tech numbers, you know, how many tickets each tech closed and stuff like that. So at that point, um, the director of IT was pretty impressed with me after working with me for a while. And she created a position, a software support specialist position for me. Um, and I, I kind of started out, uh, um, doing software support for, uh, for, for, um, a GE product, you know, uh, called GE centricity. Uh-huh. Um, and that's kind of how I got started from there. I moved into desktop support. By the time I got to 2012, I moved into becoming a supervisor and just kind of moved up from there. You know, Man, there's so many questions. First of all, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, first of all, I love the, I love the dated, yet so true, realistic summary of your medical records job (laughs) back in 2002. Responsibilities included pulling charts for patient office visits, filing loose note documents, and and speaking to patients regarding their records, on the phone, <laughs> yep. which was great. Uh, and speaking to insurance companies, AKA talking to them one-on-one about patient records, but look at how far we've come. I guess we can yeah, thank, very important job. Thank very Obama. important we job. We can thank Obama for forcing everyone <laughs> to go to digital medical records, you know? Yes, I mean, yes, yes. Filing loose note documents. That was a thing. 
Oh my goodness, like, Phil! I can tell you so many stories, man. Like I can tell you all the doctors. You should have put in just. You should have put in filing unreadable loose note documents oh the my. doctors wrote. <laughs> and on top of that, trying to actually find the records, right? So yeah. when you saw for your doctor's appointment, your doctor had to pull your record, right? Your doc had to have that record. Can you imagine what we had to go through back in the day just to try to find out? We're going to these doctors' offices, trying yeah, to find the chart. Yeah, a little. I had stickers. to find your chart buried. Oh my goodness, yeah. man! It was terrible. Remember the yeah, like the red <laughs> stickers, the little the different yep. the date, the color dotting system. Exactly. I don't know yep. if the doctor actually pulled the chart. He yelled at someone to go, "Hey, go pull this chart." Yes, that's exactly what they did. So, so believe it or not, yep, they Reco- sent the request through the system to a dot matrix printer. They mm-hmm. print out a card that says. I need to go pill. I need to go pull Phil's record, and uh, I saw it. You go run and pull it, and you, and you get it up there as soon as you can. People so. don't even. People don't know. They don't know. They don't know. The little, yeah. the little, uh, record, the little tape recorders the docs used to like uh, <laughs> record into, and have you'd have to have a whole person just typing up that stuff. There was a lady in my dad's office. My dad was a urologist, and he has a little bit of a. Um, uh, sense of humor. So you can imagine mm-hmm. urology and a doctor with a sense of humor and recording into a little tape recorder. And like the ladies have used to have to type up his notes type it up. and yep. they used to be like, people used to be like, why is she laughing in that other room? Because, uh, I don't know. He had something to say as a urologist about some patient, which <laughs> is, um, probably some kind of HIPAA violation somewhere. Uh, anyways, yeah. the, um, okay. So we've come a long ways from loose note documents. I just had to make that comment and I like how you were talking about providers getting paid and insurance companies but nowhere in there does anyone care about (laughs) well I guess we care about the patient we provide care to the patient but the billing the medical billing system is something that I find to be even with it's it's a challenge that needs to be addressed via uh, that I don't know if it can be addressed via software slash uh, humans with common sense. And, <laughs> no, it's seriously. Sometimes I get these crazy bills that don't make any sense, and it's because there's so many codes in <clears throat> medical billing systems. Of here's an example: <clears throat> I go get blood work. I could go directly to LabCorp, pull out my wallet, and pay them right then and there for full laps for 150 bucks. But I have insurance. Why would I do that? Right? Exactly. I have, I have insurance, so I'd go do it through insurance. Boom, I get a bill for $500. <laughs> well, yep. sir, and then I've got a call. Someone's got to translate. Well, you know, the provider got paid. So... Basically, someone tells me, well, you, you know, because you asked for this blood work and this blood work and this blood work, it's three different codes that went off to like the system. So those are all different price ranges and you get a $500 bill for something that doesn't make any sense. So I don't know how you address that problem in the future, but there's got to be something. Yeah. It's because there's just someone on the other end at whoever it is, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Anthem, whatever it is, whatever the billing system you call. And they're always really helpful and understand how to navigate the system, but they can never answer why it's a stupid thing. They can never yeah. fix it's a stupid thing. And that's just, it's no one's fault other than, I don't know, the system. It's like the rules of coding. I, I tell you, could be, you know, because I remember it because I used to do charge entry where I, I entered that documentation to the system and there are rules about how you have to code, you know, the CPT codes with the diagnosis codes, believe it or not. There are rules. And if you don't follow those rules, uh, the payers, you know, your care first, Blue Cross Blue Shields, mm-hmm. you know, Medicare, all those folks, they'll actually reject the claim. So there, there, there are a lot of rules in place. And I did audits on people when they put that stuff into the system, mm-hmm. right? So we had to do audits and your job depended on the, that's kind of why I got out of that field. So I felt like I'm 
I'm doing this particular role and it, it can impact someone's job if they don't do it right. But we literally had to let to alone, check. let alone someone's yes. life, somebody's <laughs> life. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then you got to chase people down to go get the money. Oh, Phil didn't pay his bill. I got to go chase him down now to get, his, you know, get the money. So, so <laughs> it's become quite the impersonal system. So anyone out there listening, if you are a doctor, which is most likely you're not listening because this show is for IT directors, please contact Phil Howard. <laughs> I would like to pay out of pocket. Now there will be a hit out on my life. Life for <laughs> circumventing the hospital system. Moving on, the the what, what did we have next? Okay, so here's here's the key piece um, for for the the youngins out there. The I don't know if we're, we're probably past Generation Z. We're probably into Generation Z people now, looking to get into the field of IT. Um, the thing that I picked out was some form of persistency and drive. And there's a lot to be said about, you know, persistency and drive. I was not a good student in college. I really wasn't. I wasn't. But every, job I, every <laughs> job I ever got, the, it, it was like the hiring guy was like shocked that I called him back. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm giving you the job just because you were persistent enough to actually call back. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you don't just fill out an application, you know, and it's funny because you, you always see this stuff on, on LinkedIn about, I filled in the whole form online and then they asked me to upload my resume or, you know, whatever it is, you know, but you really have to, it's, it's, you maybe not use a recruiter, maybe go above and beyond, maybe really be persistent, maybe track down the company that you want to work for, find the C-level person, ask him what his biggest struggles, frustrations, or concerns are, and then give, you know, potential solutions to that problem at, you know, for free. And then maybe he says, you know, we could really use a guy like you over here. That's a great point. Yeah, you, you have to be persistent because no one's just going to, you know, just hand you a job. So, you know, I, I think what you said is, is extremely important. Like people just don't realize you, like going to school is I, I got to be I hate to say this, but like going to school is not just going to it's not going to get you the job you want. Right. Yeah. You're going to you go to a big college, whatever. Right. But if you want to be successful in your IT career. You have to have some people skills, unfortunately, right? You can sit behind a desk and code, do whatever. <laughs> unfortunately, but the folks that, yeah, yeah, but the, the 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 folks that excel, you want to excel in this field, you better figure out a way to have some sort of social skills, you know, um, if you want to you want to go far. Now, I will say, I know a lot of geeks that don't have good social skills that are doing quite well. But if you want to go extremely, extremely far, you have to be able to talk to people, you know, um, articulate exactly what, what their issues are and tell them how you're going to fix them. You know, uh, I've been in support pretty much my whole, my whole IT career and it is not easy. Not, it's not easy for the average tech to deal with these, you know, these users. So. <laughs> I thought you were going to say cows, but that would be, we might be taking it too far here, but yeah. 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 You know, um, um, uh, so I don't know if you heard that a couple episodes ago uh, with uh, Chai Hang, but he was talking about how really critical thinking is the most important skill mm. or it's more important than leadership, but maybe it's, you know, uh, the ability to connect, discover, and respond with another human being. And as he said it, he's like, you know, human relations are a nightmare. So Ooh. if you have that ability to yeah. connect with people, 
and you also have critical thinking skills and that's kind of like the double whammy, but that might be why there's a lot of, like you said, you know, smart geeks out there that are very much in need because they help drive the bottom line or solve some seriously, you know, big problems. But for the majority of us, uh, our job is making technology work for people and, you know, finding the right solutions to, Maybe somewhat complex problems, but really it's just about making it maybe 10% better than it was before. What yeah, are, great, um, great. Yeah, you know, so you went from, you know, basically um, doctor, note handler, slash, you know, um, translator to, and I mean, I went from, you know, I was working at Jim's Wings, dropping wings, you know, creative writing major in college, you know, nice. to, uh, nice. so you know, to get this kind of like, you know, you connected with this, you know, basically sought out, you know, this, this IT job. It was part-time. Like, it was just like, Hey, let's just throw them a couple of hours a day or like, I don't get yeah, it. Like, I was, yeah. It, it, I technically wasn't even really getting paid for it. I was just literally going up to the IT department, sitting up there and uh, doing some productivity, basic things, you know, basically like getting paid out of my, almost like an yeah, yeah, kind of like internship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey, yeah. can I, uh, can I hang out here for a little bit? You know? And, you know, can you maybe let me play around with some of the stuff every now and then? And then, it, hey, wait exactly. a this guy's actually, we could, we could use him. Um, yep. He can talk with people. Um, okay, so you you stayed there, kind of went, you know, desktop support. Um, what's yep. the difference between desktop technician and desktop support? Is it just a title? Is It's kind of like, yeah. it's like, it's like you are uh, like um, I had a job where we had like, you know, like you got promoted like every other month. So it was kind of like, <laughs> what, what do you mean you got promoted? We went from like, you know, like like sales executive to like senior, senior executive to consultant to senior yes. sales consultant, you know, to team, lead, <laughs> to team lead to like team lead to, you know, it was like we need a way to promote people. But um what is it? Was there a difference between desktop technician and def, desktop support? Well, you were a supervisor, and then there was a manager. Uh, so yeah, it's all it's all it's all the same stuff, really. You know, all the same. You know, desktop support technician, desktop t- technician, land administrator. You, you know, system support technician. They're all still providing desktop support, really. So, How do you drive mm-hmm. better metrics on your support desk? Oh, better, believe it or not, just uh, actually paying attention, having some sort of tool, some sort of, you know, um, ITSM system that gets you some reporting. Start looking at uh, who's doing what, right? Okay, who's closing what tickets, right? And then you start looking at the quality, the quality of the tickets they're closing. Are they just replacing keyboards and mice? Or are they actually, you know, are reinstalling programs and actually fixing things, going into the registry and fun stuff like that, right? So, uh-huh. and then, then from, yeah, and then from there, you just kind of encourage folks. You start sending, start sending those stats out to the team. You know, I get a little competition going. Sometimes that helps. Um, but just trying to, you know, put their eyes on the, on the productivity and uh, have a little bit of fun with it too. I've never really asked this or gone kind of dug in deep on, especially on like a healthcare help desk, just never done it, but is it kind of a free for all? Or I mean, like, what do you mean quality of tickets? Are you saying people are actually picking which tickets they want to close or do they even have that choice? 
that, that's a great question. I've, I've been in, so at Hopkins, when I was at, uh, you know, community physicians, which is all outpatient, right? Mm-hmm. So that's all your clinics across Maryland, right? Like, like yep. Hopkins has, you know, sites everywhere. So yeah, we call those dock in the boxes, like dock in the box. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, so in, in, in that world, there were texts assigned to like regions, right? So, so those texts take care of their own sites. So it's not really a free for all. Mm-hmm. Now in a hospital world, it's a little different. You're sitting in a hospital, you know, it's, it's kind of a free for all because it's kind of hard to assign people. You, you can assign people to floors or units, mm-hmm. but believe it or not, for, for, for the most part, it's just a free for all. Uh, in my current environments, it's a free for all. Tickets come in, text see them sitting in, uh, you know, the queue, and they just pick them up. If you have a good team, you don't even have to do anything. As long as you level set expectations of what's expected, you know, you sit back and you just watch. Mm. And what you tend to see, believe it or not, is the difficult tickets, right? It's always difficult ones sit that'll there. sit sit there because they think it's challenging. But at the end of the day, we all know, right? Google is our friend. You know, Reddit is our friend. There's a lot of places <laughs> on the internet where, believe it or not, where these, these issues, these issues have been seen and solved before. So it's about having a, you know, a team that can figure out a way to solve issues. How do I save a healthcare system from a ransomware attack? I don't know, man. I'll just Google it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a good security posture. Um, <laughs> Okay, so so moving kind of ahead, is there anything that you would say um, set you apart or made things easier for you to grow in the future? Because you put mentor in here and I... Yeah. Okay, did you have any mentors? Uh, I've never had an official mentor, I'll say that, but I've, I've had some pretty good leaders that I worked for mm-hmm. that taught me some some very important things early on in my leadership career and started in 2012. And I'll just say that, you know, that, that helped me greatly because sometimes, you know, we just want to say how we feel mm-hmm. and we have to have, you know, we have to think about exactly what we want to say before we say it. Think about how we type that email up before we hit send. You know, so I, I learned some pretty important things as far as politics and healthcare because, you know, healthcare is very, very fast paced and, you know, issues come like, oh man, like crazy. So, so you have to think quick, you have to think very quickly. So I think that's why a lot of other leaders and folks in IT struggle because if you're not a quick thinker and you, if you can't adjust and pivot quickly, you're going to drown, man. You, you're going to drown and you're going to be well underwater. So... I just had like a million dollar idea. Maybe it'll work. Let's let's see if we can think of this one up. Maybe you can we can figure this out together. The uh, basically before you send your email, this app reads your email for you and gets rid of all of the problems for you, <laughs> like um, the tone issues. Because I used to have someone. I, I was known for send. I've been known. I've been known to send a few emails before that I may, may or may not have, should have not clicked send on. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a driver. People know me. They know me as like a driver. My kids know me as like, it's never good enough, dad. It's never good Mm -hmm. enough. You know, and I have to like sit back sometimes and know that it's not, you know, there's like a, there's a, there's a, a, a certain standard. And sometimes that, that standard for me is like, it's like a never ending ceiling. It's always got to be better. Right. So yeah. 
I've had people that were like my, my email mentors, like send me the email first next time, Phil, before you send an email, send it to me first. I'll read it. I'll reword Smith it. So that's what we should have a, a wordsmithing email app that basically Ooh. takes you out of, you know, no, this one, you know, like this one's a red flag would get you fired email. <laughs> uh, this one, all of the operations people will start to ignore you. Um, this one, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> that's a good one. Uh, anyways, um, that that's really is important though. Um, I, I'm joking, but it the the email it doesn't take it doesn't it it doesn't take but one or two emails to kind of you know to be misread to to rub someone the wrong way. Uh, yep. Same thing with text messages. Obviously, texting yep. can be can be can be misread. I am a huge fan of the telephone. I don't think there's any yeah. reason. I don't think there's any reason why we can't pick up the telephone. Uh, doesn't need to be a Zoom meeting. If you believe it or not, it's. Pretty, I agree. Yes. It's pretty easy to pick up the telephone and give someone a call, and your <clears throat> um, body language, everything can be read. Um, you know, through through your tone of voice. You know what I mean. I have always, yep, I've always been I agree. a fan of telling people to have a mirror in the background or a mirror in front of you while you're talking, <laughs> on, the, while you're talking on the telephone, you know, or stand up or mm -hmm. move around and stuff like that. Um, so you put down mentor, you've had some really great mentors, anything, any key things that you remember, like mistakes you made or something that someone uh, told you one time that was very helpful? Yeah, I think uh, just like you said, tone and email. So instead of like uh, saying, I ain't going to, you know, I'm going to need you to do A, B or C. Like um, if you could do this, it's, it's just like the way you actually say it to people. So kind of like, like tone and email and obviously on the phone as well. Just don't, don't show emotion, you know? Uh, and like you said, believe it or not, um, even in emails, you can show emotion. So just really thinking about, what I say or send before sending it. So, you know, just thinking about like how that person could perceive it. Yeah. Minus bolding, minus underlining, highlighting. All caps, all that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds, <laughs> you know, simple, simple lessons, lessons learned. Um, yeah. One thing that I learned a long time ago was a lot of patience with your team, having mm. the patience, making, making sure to sit down and say, Hey, you know, this, this situation happened the other day. Like, you know, what do you think about it? You know, really letting someone else uh, take the time to explain themselves or explain what happened first without first just kind of, you know, I don't know, going off or, or whatever it is. I've, I've had, you know, starting to have those, you know, tough coaching conversations with your team. Um, what is it? Uh, wh what's your day-to-day -day job? You know, even right now, you have a team of how many people are, are on your team? So, so we have close to um, almost forty people. That's crazy. I'm um, on the support side. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. We got you got a good amount of people. So, what I've done is I've I built a structure. When I came into role, just to be honest, when I came into role, wasn't a lot of structure as far as uh -huh. you know leadership, and, and um, I had to take on a lot. And uh, since then, uh, I now have uh, you know three supervisors that that are report up to me. And uh, one lead uh, who's basically a supervisor reports up to me and they are all great, great individuals. And what we do just weekly, we actually meet uh, as a leadership group just to make sure, you know, that, you know, I think something that's important is I'm checking on folks, right? Checking on them as human beings, making sure they're all okay, see how their weekend was, you know, and then mm -hmm. just going down the list and checking on any type of employee issues uh, that are going on. If 
you know, folks are struggling with anything. It's just really checking in with folks. And I do one-on-ones with the staff as well. So that's, that's pretty important. So, and then day to day, man, like it's busy. Even today's busy, you know, so every, every day is busy. You know, we have all these Zoom meetings and, you know, all these huddles and all this fun stuff. So um, it's just really staying in touch with everyone. Show, show, I, I, I think I, I think the most important thing is, is showing my team that I care about them. So I, th- I think that's one of the most important things because at the end of the day, um, the biggest issue we have in any type of group is like the human element, right? Not all humans get along. Not all humans can work well you know, with each other. So what I've tried to do is, you know, I think of myself as an artist, right? And I, and I want to paint pictures, you know, beautiful pictures, right? So, so what, what I'm attempting to do is build something that is beautiful, right? So build a team that can work well together and work seamlessly. So that's, that, that's the goal, because as you know, not everyone can work well together. So you just have to put people in positions where they can be successful and not all employers are going to be good at everything. You might have a guy that's good at, you know, uh, a certain certain thing, but it, but it sucks at something else, you know. So it's it's finding that sweet spot for every single employee. Like what what works for you. So instead of saying, okay, I want to fire this guy, okay, let's 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 put this guy in a position where he can actually win. So, are you guys working together towards any kind of common goal? Yeah, I, um, you know, me me personally, uh, I'm very forward thinking. So my goal is actually to find a way to automate more things, like kind of. How you were saying, you know, with you know the email thing, right? So one of the common goals is how do we get a lot of these tasks that should be automated automated, right? Like silly stuff like password resets, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, just just silly things, right? So common goal is you know definitely automate more and customer satisfaction. We want our end users to be happy with our, our services, right? Mm-hmm. So we have these surveys we send out you know, you get like a one, two, three, or four, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously the goal is to get the highest possible score, but you can't make everybody happy, you know? So how can we get as close as we can to, to, to greatness, you know? And, and the reason why I asked about the kind of vision thing is, you know, healthcare can be such a large ocean sometimes. I guess at Luminous, is there any kind of like CTO, CIO vision? Is there any kind of support up the chain there when it comes to, any potential change, which is inevitable and is going to happen, how do we, how do we contribute contribute to that voice of um, you know change? I guess as a team, like oh, when I, things I, aren't working, I, well. like when things aren't working well, when something's broken or it could be done better. Um, when you're in larger organizations, sometimes it can take forever to like right the ship in the correct direction. And by that time, with as fast as technology is changing lately, sometimes it can be like, well, that was the solution back when we decided to, we should do it, but it's already changed. That's a great point. And I'll say this, you know, my CIO is a visionary and I am myself. So I think that, um, I brought some ideas to him. I mean, there, there's some basic things that you can do to make things easier. And I'll definitely say that, um, Anything I bring to him, he definitely listens, and he's he, he's he's open, very very open to making things better. He wants all of our users to be well taken care of. He wants everyone to be happy with the services and support we're providing, and he's also forward thinking. Like, okay, what can we do to make our jobs easier? Because in, at the end of the day, if we all keep doing things the way we're doing now, you know, it, it, it's it's not going to make things better. And and as you know, like healthcare is like it's a very very fast pace. So, you know, uh, you know, with like the surge, the COVID surge, right? Mm-hmm. Oh man, that COVID surge was crazy. I mean, we had to do so much. Every part of IT, every part of IT had to do something, you know? So uh, we had some to examples. Get, get 
Oh, oh man. So just think about this, right? So you got a big surge coming. Okay. You don't have enough beds in your hospital to take care of these patients, right? So what do you do? You got to get tents, right? You got to get tents. You got to turn, we basically turned our, our, our big conference services area into like a you know, little mini hospital, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you convert all these areas to be able to take care of patients. And when you do that, there's a lot of work that has to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So you need, you need cabling done, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, data jacks, you need PCs, you need wows or cows, like you say, right? Mm-hmm. And then even on the back end, our EHR system, Epic, you mm-hmm. have to build that out. You have to make sure that those areas are built out, you know, whether it's some sort of virtual room or some sort of virtual location, that stuff has to be built out in the system so that way it can be tracked appropriately and we can take care of patients. So, and, yeah, how do you, you know, add those endpoints on there? How would you bring in a switch? How would you attach to the network? How would you, yeah, it sounds like there's a lot of moving parts. Large collaboration from all of IT. You know, you know, a lot of this stuff is driven down from nursing and saying, we need this, we need that. And we have to pivot and say, okay, let's get together and figure out how to do this. You know, you get a vendor. What were they saying they needed? I'm just curious. Like, what would the nurses ask for? Like workstations? You know, oh, what were they asking for? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, some of these tents are pretty cool now, if you believe it. Now, these tents that come in, mm-hmm. they've already got cabling in them. So all you got to do is get a, get a, sw- you know, get a switch in, you know, and, and, and you're good. Tie back to the network somehow, right? So, um, <clears throat> you know, once you got that, you're right. I need, I need five PCs in this tent and I need, you know, three or four wilds, you know? So then you got to figure out, okay, where are you going to get them from? Right. Because you know what happened with the pandemic, right? There's nothing anywhere. Everything lead times are, are ridiculous. They still are kind of, kind of back. Then we had the microchip shortage, which is still ongoing. Right. So you can't even get hardware in time. So mm-hmm. you have to figure out, you have to have some spare stock. I'll say that. I'll say one important thing for your, you know, your tech managers out there, your directors is keep spare equipment. Cause if you don't have it, you're going to be robbed Peter to pay Paul. So, so in some instances we had to take stuff from other areas that weren't really being used. So it's really important with, with, with this pandemic, you know, hard to get stuff. So, you know, <clears throat> the, yeah, I don't even, it, uh, I'm a little overwhelmed with what that could possibly look like. What'd you learn? What'd you learn from that? Other oh. than like, I don't know, stockpile stuff that you can't stockpile now because there's still a supply chain issue. There's still a microchip shortage. Like uh, you can't stockpile stuff because um, the there's always going to be a cash flow piece too. Um, so I don't know. What'd you learn? I learned to just, again, be more forward thinking and think about it. Always plan for the worst. Like you said, stockpile equipment. And we learned that we need to work better as a team, just overall in IT, right? So that we're prepared for these things, you know? Um, you know, so I think that's important, you know? And another thing we learned too, right? When, when you have an old phone system, a lot of times, how do you, how do you get these <laughs> people you. home? How, 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 how do right, you get on, these people on, off? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. this is my specialty. <laughs> I, I know it is. I know. Tell me know. you didn't have like the old North Star phones sitting on yes. the desk. To, uh. we, we got an Odavaya phone system. And so like, how do you get all these people? Think about it, right? We sent so many people home, right? Because you couldn't have people sitting on top of each other anymore. Well, so they didn't I mean, go home. Teams. Well, yeah. I'm assuming yeah, teams. So, yeah, but think about it, right? We weren't even using uh, Teams fully. We were just using Teams in IT. So you're right. We had to expand that out, right? Mm. But what we had to do, believe it or not, is we had to get the telecom manager to send out instructions on how to forge your desk phone to your home phone or cell phone. So that Listen was a big issue. Star call- 7-3. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. Wait for so- the tone. Enter in the number. <laughs> yeah, man. So so yeah, yeah that, no. that, was, that was tough, man, because you got mm. people that... Always worked in the office. We had to pivot to get in, you know, people that that never work remote to work remotely. 
you know? So believe it or not, we put a large part. So I put my entire call center in the cloud on my tell. So you heard of my tell before. Yep. So my, my, so, so my entire help desk system, we, we couldn't use the, the, the in-house device system. It just wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So I basically put them in the cloud. We already had it kind of stood up for all of our ambulatory locations. Mm-hmm. And I just jumped on and I got a whole call center built you know, on my tell for my, for, for my call center team. And they're never going back on site. So, no, why would you? Know, you? It's great. There's no, yeah. it, it's kind of like once you go to Microsoft 365, you, you don't <laughs> go back to a, an email server. You just don't yeah. do that. Yet people are still treating, te- they still kind of treat telecom that way. Um, yep. Which um, I have many opinions. I have many opinions there. The, yeah. the, but, it is one of the oldest silos in healthcare. I would yes. say that I would say there's certain people that the telecom, the PBX, so to speak, the, the PBX, the the Nortels, the North Stars, the Avias, the even the Mitels and the Shortels that are still out there. Shortel, um, the, yeah. um, and all the other companies that are no longer in business. The <clears throat> they're out there because the infrastructure is very hard to change. Uh, the other one, like a hospital would be universities. So just the fact that you've got so much RJ 11 or, you know, (laughs) you just have so much, you have so, you have such a cabling infrastructure, right? And then you've got 911 and ambulatory services and you've got nurse stations with wireless phones. There's too many, uh, uh, there, there's too many silos and there's a reason why they call it unified communications. But oh, that's so funny you said that. Yep. <laughs> but it's not yeah. unified. It can't be unified if your departments, if, if you yourself are not unified. That's what I find with hospitals is there's so many different sub departments and so many departments and so many different kind of, even on a university as well, you've got different schools, you've got different, all these things. So oh, yeah. if you yourself are not unified, then unified communications is, is it's, it's almost impossible to do. You're, st- you're going to have multiple unified communications. You have multiple, multiple UCAS solutions. Um, so I think hospitals will be one of the last to fully unify due to all kinds of infrastructure issues and just general different departments and stuff from emergency to all kinds of different things. Um, yep. but yeah, well, I do find, I do find that a lot of hospitals are on, uh, a separate, a separate, you know, cloud contact center, um, you know, and then they have, you know, their, you know, their, their old analog, you know, systems. And then they've got, you know, some SIP trunking here and over there. And Johns, Johns Hopkins is an interesting one too, because there's obviously, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of locations. So I oh, know yeah. for a fact, I don't even have to, I don't have to guess at this. I know that they've got at least three to four, five, maybe six different branded PBX phone systems all over up and down the East Coast, all probably interconnected via some sort of old school MPLS. And um, there's someone uh, sitting somewhere uh, managing a spreadsheet of outages, daily outages. (laughs) And someone's someone's job. Yep, that's pretty funny you said. So um, at Hopkins, um, at Hopkins, when I was there, so my last hospital, suburban hospital, which was actually beautiful, we actually had uh, Cisco. We had, we had Cisco voice over IP phones, which was great. So I kind of had that for almost four years, and, and then I come over to Luminous, like, oh man, we got to buy it. It was great oh, because no. you used it, or was it great because you managed it? 
Uh, it was great. Kind of both, actually. Did you manage it was, it was, that call? That, yeah. You know, okay, okay. Because that's another... Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it can be a full-time job, but uh, and it doesn't necessarily need to be. It should be something that could be... I'm guessing, not guessing, I'm almost positive that within... Ah, man, three to five years max, I would think. Three to five years, this will all be like an active directory little task. Mm, yep. Should yeah. be. Good point. Yeah, I we're working on a project now in my current hospital to uh, get off the old phone system. So I'm very, very excited to see the guys working on that. So, Is it Avaya? <laughs> I'm, uh, I don't think we're moving to Avaya. I think we're moving to Cisco. But no, no, yeah, but we'll you, what are you coming <laughs> off of? Oh, oh yeah, it's coming off Avaya. Yes, okay, yes, okay. for sure. Yeah, Avaya trashed. I mean, they kind of dumped their old uh, cloud, their old cloud piece. Now it's just Ring Central. Let's let's just white label Ring Central. Oh, really? Let's, yeah, let's, yeah. White, let's white label Ring Central. Good move. It was, <laughs> it was a smart move for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, very fun, very fun. So that so you've got if you had to count various different, you know, I guess silos. And it's an inevitable in your field. How many? How many oh, different? Yeah. How many different kind of silos would you say that you guys have that you got to manage? Ooh, you got Epic. Oh man, you got the Epic silo, and that's an Epic. Epic one. is you're right. Epic is silo because depending on which you know module you support, yeah, it's, it can be pretty silo. I'll say at, at, at our locations, they do a pretty good job communicating. But yeah, you're right about Epic you, is one. You got telecom. Uh, you got telecom might be multiple. Tele- telecom, yeah, yeah, telecom for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are you old for 65 to be honest with you? That, that, mm-hmm. that definitely can be siloed, mm-hmm. you know, um, pretty much that's a lot, man. It can be a lot. What else we got? Um, oh. what about mobile devices? Mobile devices. Yeah. I, we got one person on mobile devices. Yep. Just one person. <laughs> one person. Yeah. On, yeah. on, on all the, I have to call them cows. I don't even know what the real thing is. Cause cow is just stuck well, in my head now. Well, well, no. So, so the Cow Wow's they're kind of supported by desktop. I'm, I'm speaking, uh, technically just iPad. Yeah, yep. Your, your, um, you know, iPads, which are used for something called my chart bedside, mm-hmm. um, and the application behind it, and then the, uh, you know, your, your corporate we use something called Mass 360, mm-hmm. which is um, our tools to actually manage all of the devices connecting in to get email and all that fun stuff. So, but that's that. Believe it or not, that's done by one person. That's something that I'm working on. Improving because it, it needs to be uh, managed by multiple people. Uh, do you, so, do you have any kind of uh, uh, SD WAN uh, application prioritization stacking type of thing? Like, how many applications do you guys say you manage? Oh, a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you how many. Honestly, there's a lot of applications. Um, do you have uh, content filtering and stuff? Like, hey, no YouTube guys, no Facebook, no Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, my cyber team does filter a lot. You know, um, we, we do allow YouTube and things like that, but there are lots that's blocked. You know, we had to block a lot of stuff like Gmail, AOL, and all that type mm. of stuff. And, you know, that, believe it or not, causes doctors to scream. You, you block their Gmail, you know, they'll, they'll scream. So, but we have ways of them getting in, you know, you get on a public access network or some, you know, mm. um, external network or your cellular to get to your Gmail. So, yeah. That's, yeah. My dad's still on AOL. Yeah, he's had that. <laughs> that AOL has been forever. He's had that same. One. Oh man, you've got mail. <laughs> he, he, he'll never. I think it's. <laughs> he's uh, no, seriously, he will never get rid of that one. It's uh, we should be able to. Someone should just be able to buy. I mean, you can't just do AOL as a domain, but it should. It's just no, you can't. Yeah. It's I don't know. You know what the I guess what the old solution is there. Just move. 
Um, he did get a weird, really weird fishing attack. It wasn't him. Oof. It was all. This, it was like someone just basically mimicked his email, but put a Gmail after it and sent out an email. Oh. So, like, so basically, they got a hold of his contacts or something like emailed all his contacts with his like name at Gmail instead of AOL, but they didn't notice. Mm. It was like the classic phishing scam, like you know. My daughter is really sick. I need you to send, like, I need you to go to um, Walmart and I need you to buy three, uh, you know, uh, Google Play gift cards. And I need you to scratch <laughs> off the thing on the back and take a picture of the card and send me the code after you scratch it off. And oh, my it, goodness. It was like, and they actually got a couple people to do it. I was like, I just could not believe it. I was like, this is just such a wild email. Like, as you're driving to Walmart and buying these cards, it's got to be, there's got to be a question going off in your head that this just doesn't seem right. Man, I've, man, I've got gotten like that before. I'll say uh, my hotmail got, got, uh, Got, got compromised a while back and all that, that. That was a fun one. It sent out an email to my entire contact list in Hotmail. Yeah. And my best friend called me. He's like, hey, hey, what's going on, man? I said, you okay? hey, what's going on, Josh? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like, he's like, hey, man, are you trying to tell me something? I'm like, what, what are you talking about, bro? What, what are you talking about? He's like, are you telling me I, I, I need something? So so essentially, um, <laughs> my email sent out an email to everyone in my contact list with a link to Viagra. And so, so he, he was, he thought I was trying to tell him something. I'm like, no, like, Look, man. no, man. Sorry, man. What wasn't me, man. <laughs> he tried to tell me something. Yeah. <laughs> this works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was messed up, man. I'm like, I'm big, and I went back into my sit mail and I look at who I emailed. I'm like, oh man, not my mom, my grandmother, oh, everyone. <laughs> I've been hacked. I've been hacked. <laughs> oh uh, man, that's classic. Yeah, you get that. I, I think you've been hacked. Oh, why? See, <laughs> look what look what you sent me. Yes, I have officially been hacked. The if you had um, so what, what? Actually, what's the end game for you? Like, what do you? What does your career path look like? You know, as a mentor and wanting to be a mentor to others. But what is your? I ask this a lot. What does the end game look like for you? Is there an end game? Um, there kind of is. I think I have a picture of where I want to be. Um, I definitely want to continue to grow in my current company and, and, and go as high as I can. But, uh, t- to be honest with you, uh, the, the end game for me is, uh, it's to not be working for anyone. Right. So, uh, you know, I want to have my own business and be successful at it and save as much money for retirement, for my kids' weddings and all that stuff and stuff. You know, I got two girls, so, you know, one's, Five and well, I'm sorry, about to be five and one's about to be 13. So, you know, just trying to, you know, be a role model for my kids and others. And just at the end of the day, I'm a helper at heart. So, so I, I want to continue to help people and be as independent as possible in my career in the future. I'm not trying to run out of my, my current role. I want to grow my current role, but eventually I do, you know, I want to be, you know, a self, self-made businessman, I'll say. So, yeah, everyone, I mean, everyone at the end of the day, everyone's out. Yep. It is most people don't want to feel locked down. That doesn't mean you can't work for a company and feel that way. The more that you can, you know, just like they say, the more that you can help other people grow, the more you you'll you will also attract really great talent. So um yeah, I get it. That was that was always my that was my goal too as well. And I didn't think I'd be doing a podcast at uh, forty five, but here I am. Um 
I'm close to it, man. I'm in 40 now. I'm, I, I got you in five more years. So. It's a, uh, <laughs> my wife's 40 now. She when she turned 40, she's like, I'm 40. I'm like, what? You're married to a 45 year old. What's the problem? I was like, I was like, I'm married to a 40 year old. I like to say that to her all the time. Now. But, oh, your uh, mind's older than me. She's 42. So <laughs> okay, okay, excellent. Um, so so okay, great. And, and when you say. Um, oh, own your own business. Is it, is there anything in, uh, any, any, anything in mind? Um, honestly, just consulting and helping folks like basically get folks solutions to their IT needs. That's, uh, that's essentially, cause that's kind of what I, I do now at work, right? I provide support, you know, provide solutions. So to continue down that path and that's something I don't, I don't have to quit my nine to five to do, but, um, I think eventually as I get older, you know, when I'm 50, I may not want to be you know, working as hard as I am, you know, right, right now, you know, I really want to be driving for retirement. So (laughs) there's definitely something to be said about working in the position that you're in, in a large company right now. Uh, one it's, it's very much more about community and working together as a group of people. Uh, when you work in some, even a smaller company, which doesn't need to be small, even mid market space, you know, 200 to a thousand end users, which is you're obviously well above that the the dynamics a little bit different they need you to wear you know more of those hats that's where you know even yeah. consult even consultants come in you know can be very very valuable so you know just the experience you have managing multiple silos like that is is can sometimes be more complicated than um you know the startup space or mid market space where they actually need to know you know, how solutions like that work and in a space where then they can even grow faster, where you can make changes, you can make changes faster. Just something I've noticed from talking with numerous, uh, IT directors across various different spaces. When you're in a larger company, it's more about the community and working together as a team. When you're in smaller yes. companies, it's about growth and business growth and how fast can we grow and, and what, you know, what are the right applications to choose? Whereas right now you're just managing a ton of applications as well and you see broken and you can see how to fix that, which is, uh, actually very, yeah. actually very valuable. So Good, great. Th- those are great points. And it's, it's extremely like I, I work all the time. There's, you know, I'm on call all the time. Like, think about it. I've, I've been in support pretty much my whole IT career. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm basically made for this, believe it or not. Like some, some folks struggle with it because you're someone always needs you all the time. You know, always there's, there's never a time to be in the middle of the night. Someone always needs you. So it's about putting the right chess pieces on the board to ensure that you have, you know, redundancy. So that you can take off, right. Not mm-hmm. to worry about like, uh, things falling apart, you know? So I think I'm at, I'm at a point now where I feel like I can actually take, take off. There's been times where I felt like I can't take a single day off because something's going to break and I'm not going to be there to pick up the pieces. So now I'm at, I feel like I'm really at a point where I can actually take off sometimes, which is great. And, and if you don't mind me noticing, <clears throat> just think about this. Think about if someone asked you, how can you help my, how can you help my company, right? How can you help my company grow? Well, one of the biggest mm. And I don't, I, I'm just thinking of this because it, it popped into my head, which is where do most companies fail? Most companies, most companies fail when they grow too fast, mm-hmm. right? And you can be yes. like, you can say, like, well, what is it? Like, what do you need help with, right? Well, we're growing, we're trying to expand, we're, we're getting hit with this, we're getting hit with that. We're trying to be able to handle all these new orders. We're trying to be able to handle this and we can't fail our customers. You can say, well, um, think about COVID, <laughs> you can say, well, mm. I was in a hospital where did we really have a choice? Did we really have a choice? 
No, we had, we got hit with a, a pandemic. We got hit with, we had, we had to grow tents. We had to, you know, we had to put, grow tents. We had to put in tents, you know, switches, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's kind of a similar, it's a similar, I mean, I don't want to use the national pandemic as a business storm, but it, basically affected business, right? And in, in, in other ways. So I think that, that that experience in itself is is invaluable. Yeah, I agree. Um I don't know if I would want to go through it myself, but I'm sure you learned uh I'm sure you learned a lot. Oh yeah. Not the whole lot. Um you know dealing with different vendors. You gotta get cabling vendors to come in. There's a there's a lot to it. Yeah. Definitely. Um if you had any uh one message to uh I don't know, leave for people listening to the show, um you know, from even a mentor standpoint, what would that be? I think definitely from a mentor standpoint, I take that very seriously. I think that, you know, don't give up on your dream. You want to get into this field, continue to pursue your dream, continue to work hard, um, and always practice your craft, right? So so make sure you're fine-tuning your skills. I, I, I hate to say it, right? Go out and get an A+, plus, you know, go Go out and get a net plus. Go, go out and get a security plus. Mm. Go out and actually learn that type of stuff. Because a lot of people, when you just go to a four-year university, and you take all these classes you learn, you're not really learning. So some of those vendor-neutral certifications, I definitely highly recommend them because you learn the basics, right? Unfortunately, that's not going to totally solve everything for you. You still have to be able to perform on the job. Uh, so learn learn those soft skills like customer service, dealing with people, crucial conversations, you know, um, uh, be able to communicate and never give up for sure. So. Yeah, the, the never give up is, um, <clears throat> is a tough one. I don't know if people really understand what that means. Never give yeah. up. I mean, yeah, never give up. I keep getting beat up. I'm like yeah. beat up. I'm like, literally I'm yeah. some days we're just beat up, but it, what it yeah. is is about standing back up and learning what happened there. Like what happened? Yeah. I took a punch because this, or this what happened. And why did yeah. this person say no to me? Well, they said no to me because I don't know. Why did they say no to me? I don't know. We got to ask these questions sometimes. Maybe it's because go back and ask them because you, that, that person said no, they, they said yes to you and gave you that first kind of help desk freebie position. Why did they say yes? Well, let's see. I was energetic, outgoing, I don't know, persistent. I did it for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I pretty much, I did, did it for, it for free. free, right? Like why do people, like a lot of times people don't understand that success comes from a willingness to do what pretty much everyone else is unwilling to do. Or it comes from oh. a willingness to, you know, do what other people are unwilling to do, which is basically be told no, you know, and to go back again and find out, well, why do you say no? Well, I said no because of this. I don't have any money or this. Or I'll do it for free for a couple hours a week. Will you let me do it then? Okay. You know I mean, a lot of times yeah. people don't understand what that barrier is to success. And it might be, it might be just a, like one little small thing. So anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those, those are great points, Phil. And don't, don't, don't be afraid. Once you actually get in, continue to grow. Right, right now, as I sit right here right now, I'm still looking to grow. At 40 years old, I'm still looking to grow. I'm not content. I'm still driven. Like, like yeah. folks get in, oh, I got a job. Yay! No, no, that's that's not it. I'm trying to always grow and learn. Yeah, so. there's certain um, yeah obstacles that we need to overcome. Barriers, yeah. walls. Like, you know, yep. the, the, the Amazon, not to sound, you know, cliche, <laughs> right, right? But he was in a yeah. garage, right? Like, how many people told him, no, it's never going to work. This is stupid. Mm -hmm. Books online, like, you know. 
like think of how many yeah. times he probably got beat up, told no, Bezos, you know, you nerd, like get out of here. <laughs> how many times? Did <laughs> get you, out of here. You know, I mean, seriously though, I mean, how many <laughs> obstacles like did he have to just keep banging through until until it, like clicked? You know. Yeah. So, anyways. Good point. Um, thank you very much. Hey, thank you, Phil. You know, I'll definitely come back sometime, my friend. Yeah.